0: craft beer radio episode 21 november 28th 2005
1: Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, the show for craft beer and the craft brewing industry. I'm Greg Weiss. And I'm Jeff Bear. This week we do a little bit of a, a special show. Conglomeration, if you will. Uh, conglomeration. Mash-up, mix-up, mash-up. Mash-up. Yeah, there you go. That's sort of internet podcasting lingo. I like that. We're trying to get some beers, mostly lagers, that you may find in a bar that may not have a lot of craft beer selection. But these are craft beer. These are craft beer, yes.
0: More or less. For the most part. So we're going to throw a little wrench your way this week and see how you like it. But before we get that, let's get into some of the other stuff we do at the beginning of the show here.
1: We have, of course, business. Uh, we want to thank Gary from California
0: who sent us some beer. A couple bottles of beer. And thank you very much. 20 man. bottles of beer, to be exact. Well, that's a... <laughs> thank you, Gary. Thank you, you are Gary. our newest Platinum Club member. Right. What does that mean? I don't know. It means you get the podcast at the same time as everybody else. Some of the beers he sent us, Bridgeport Ebenezer, Lost Coast Winter Balm, Lagunas Brown Sugar, Andusters and Valley Winter Solstice, mm. Private Browery Sudwork Hubscht, Deschute Brewery Jubilale, Red Hook Winter Hook, Full Sail Wassail, Mad River John Barleycorn 2005 wow. and 2004, and a Hoppy Brewing Hoppy Claws. Hoppy Claws. Thank you, Gary. You are the Thank man. You once
1: again. Really, do appreciate. We'll it. We'll
0: get something out to you. It won't be as nice, but it'll be something.
1: Okay, after three weeks of talking about SouthGear.com, we have a grand total of three
0: sales. And,
1: uh, and sli- we have to admit it's slightly disappointing, but it, hey, holiday season's coming up, so maybe you want a beer shirt.
0: Yeah. Now, the only thing we get from this whole promotion is 10% of what you spend on SudsGear.com. Right. So, they're not paying us to, to hear for you to hear this spot. So, please, if you like buying beer swag, check out SudsGear.com. And when you buy, make sure you use our coupon code, CBR. You'll get 10% off your order, and so will we. And we'll get 10% of the rest. And we'll use it just basically for buying beer. It'll buy our beer, pay off the money I've invested in equipment, and if by some America we have more left over it's going to send us to the Great American Beer Festival next year really yep oh. so start buying please uh, com, where she said
1: here your mother really wants the arrogant bastard you're not worthy t-shirt for Christmas so <laughs>
0: since your mother really wants it you really should get it for her she, really- she,
1: she was really nice to you when you were a kid
0: <laughs> yes she was there are several ways that you can send us beer feedback about our podcast. You can post a comment on our website, craftbeerradio.com. You can vote for us on Podcast Alley, and it's a new it's a new uh, It'll be month. a new month by the time you hear this. Yeah. And uh, November was pretty cruddy for us. We didn't push it too much. We didn't get out of the 70s. So how about for December, for the month which has my birthday in it? Jeff's birthday. So give him a birthday wish give by voting
1: at podcastalley.com.
0: We'll put a link up on the show notes and probably make it easier for you to get to the voting page. Well I don't like the link directly to the vote because that kind of it's a little Okay, we'll make it easier though.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh call our new comment line at two oh six two oh two
0: beer. We uh had a comment from, <laughs> from a <friend laughs> interesting mine. person
1: this past week. We were we were at uh, the sharp edge, which is um a big um a big, craft beer, a big Belgian beer house uh, here. And uh, I was just hanging out with a friend of mine, and we were talking about podcasts. We were talking about podcasts, and and he was, he was commenting on how much he wants to be on the show, kind of joking around. But you know, he, he does. he's kind of interested in the whole idea. And he was like, I'm going to do better. You don't want me on the show. I'm going to do a better podcast. And <laughs> so we just got into this big discussion, and I said, we have a comment line. Give us a comment. And so he called and gave us a crazy comment, which it's probably unairable, but a it was A little too obscene funny.
0: to play, yeah. yeah. The funny thing was... Uh, I guess I can reveal it. It has the caller ID of the people who call. I was, uh-huh. As soon as it came in, I was on my computer. I was about ready to call them back and say... Because I, I saw a 412 area code, so yeah. I assumed it was someone you knew. I was going to call back and give him a hard time.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, you should have. It would have been really <laughs> funny.
0: And the final way you can give us feedback is you can send us email at craftbeerradio.com. And feel free to attach an audio comment if you'd like. Beer at craftbeerradio.com. Oh, did I say it wrong again? He said at craftbeerradio.com, but basically just beer at radio that
1: hmm. uh, There's now a link At the top of Crappy Radio For our list of What we think Are upcoming beers A lot of you asked for it So here it is uh, Now we, we We stress that this is
0: Everything there is tentative I've updated it with A lot of new beers From before There's a ton There's the next five Or six shows up there Probably And since we did that for you, there's something you can do for us. You'll notice on the page that there are certain places we are asking for certain styles or even even certain beers. And if you would like to help out the show and send us some beer, books or yeast samples, depending on what state you are sending the beer from, um, you can send us an email. But the page would just help coordinate that a little bit. So take a look and see if there's something there that you'd like to send us. That'd be great. Uh,
1: and Jeff is having uh, some crappy radio business cards made up. Thanks to our listener, uh, Mike in San Diego, for recommending our business card company.
0: He uh, works for a graphics company or something. Yeah. He's just doing the cards himself for us, and we appreciate it. He's mm-hmm. giving me a good deal. Um am getting some cards and getting about 2,500 cards made up, and I'm going to have a bunch here. If any of you would like to help pass out the cards at festivals or events or something, and you think you're, if you're willing to actually work it and do a good job at it, I'll send you some cards. I can't send out cards to everybody to drop off at their local bar because right. well, I'm paying for these out of my pocket right now. And I don't have enough money to send everyone hundred cards. So, <laughs> Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, I know. But if, you, uh, if you'd like to help promote Craft Beer Radio, send me an email and uh, we'll get you some cards out there.
1: That'd be great. Uh, On to those emails that you just talked about. We got an, uh, a bunch of great ones. So let's start. Uh, Todd wrote
0: in who said that uh, the beer we talked about, what was it, the peat-smoked uh, beer? I said the Scottish ales had a lot of kettle caramelization, mm. and I wasn't sure why, and I had a, I thought maybe it was because they were using something hotter, like a cold f- coal-fired right. fire or something like that. And he mentioned that traditionally they used that peat-fired fire. Like a lot of the distilleries do. And he mentions that it adds a peaty and smoky taste to the beverages. Which
1: certainly was there.
0: It could be, but all the beers we had were not made over those traditional fires. Oh, okay. So the grains were probably smoked, or the kettle caramelization was giving you that flavor. But traditionally, that could be where you know the smoky was coming from. Smoky flavors are coming gotcha. from. Gotcha. Gotcha. Ken from Washington wrote in. He was at the Tap House in Bellevue, Washington yesterday. One hundred and sixty. Different beers on tap. Wow, that's that's a lot. That is a hard thing to manage. I mean, got to keep that stuff moving. Got to keep of, the lines lot of clean. Are clean. I mean, sixty. There are places around here that are thirty. Yeah, and that's a lot. yeah. Anyway, he uh, was informed that the Bur- Grant's Brewery of Yakima was no longer producing beer. Talked mm. about the mandarin half of bison was wonderful. We talked about this on yeah. a previous show, and he wanted to know if we had any other information. We mentioned it on the earlier show where they're brewing at contract brewing at three places around the country: a place in Florida, a place in the Northeast somewhere, and some place in the West California West Coast somewhere. We can only hope it's as good. Hopefully, it is as good. You never know what contract brews. Sometimes right. they lose a step when you move them the contract brews. He said his. Uh, also, want to thank us. His wife is a lifelong cheap beer drinker, which has now happily switched to drinking Trappist ales. Yeah. that's a that's a, a big jump.
1: Well, I can understand that you you grow up thinking, oh, you know this this is what beer is. I mean, you're you're being assaulted with it all the time with Macromuck, right? And all of a sudden, you try something that's so different, so flavorful, and and um, crafted.
0: On the same note, on Thanksgiving. I, uh, Without being bitter, I might add. I had my mom and my sister try the heavyweight Saison de Lusor, which went great with the turkey dinner. Mm. Oh, I I put on myself. I'm like, this will go great. My mom then like it. She came back with, oh, it tastes like beer. But my sister liked it. She's like... Dip, dip. And it tasted a little bit whiny. She liked the sourness to it. And, yeah, so my sister yeah. drank a craft beer, and she enjoyed it. I mean, the more I've been thinking about Lou
1: Bryson's comments, we talked about this the last time, about uh, not necessarily... I mean, not going for hops immediately as an introduction to people because you know bitterness is a pretty hard taste to wrap your tongue around and really to get to love and that's really what hops bring out uh, along with some other you know fruity flavors but a lot of bitterness a heck of a lot of bitterness and beers like trappist beers generally don't have that kind of bitterness there they're much more balanced much more like I say crafted maltier mm-hmm. with some extra flavors from the yeast and stuff like that so i can understand that someone who maybe doesn't know the kind of stuff is out there, doesn't like the really bitter stuff, would say, hmm, look at this. This is something really different.
0: Yep. So that's one of our converts. We probably have about five or six different converts now that we've made. We're making a difference, Greg. <laughs> making <laughs> the world a right better place. Bob from Japan wrote in again. He had one other question about the temperatures in beers. Mm-hmm. He was worried about um, the temperature of the beers getting warm on the trip home from the store and then cold again in the fridge. I don't think because that's enough of a... He's heard about, you know... I've heard the rumors before. I got in the beer. If beer is cold, you can't let it get warm again. It'll skunk or whatever yeah. they were saying, and that's not necessarily the case. You can let beer warm up, and you can cool it down again. You, the key is you don't want to do it repeatedly. Okay. If you do it over and over again, it, it makes the beer oxidize faster. So once or twice, you know, obviously you want to control the temperature as well as you can. Yeah. The best thing but,
1: would be to keep it cool, but it's not
0: going to it's not going to hurt
1: it. To have it, you know, on the trip from home to your stories and back to your refrigerator. It's not going to hurt it.
0: Yeah, not, not at not all. Not significantly. But, but I buy beer. I don't have enough fridge space. that I'll put it in the cellar, and it's not ruined when I put it back in the yeah. fridge to drink it. It's just you want to do as much as you reasonably can. And the key word is reasonably. Right. Don't go out and buy a refrigerator for the trunk <laughs> of your car. <laughs> you don't need to be that crazy. It is much more important to keep it out of the light. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, Mike asks, are you going to do a
1: holiday beer show? Yes.
0: We have holiday beers out the wazoo. We have quite a lot in We have, in history, historically we've tried not to do more than two shows on a style. This one might go up to four shows because there're just so many and we think that because there we have
1: a great selection of holiday beers from all around the country and from other places besides just the US. We think that it'll be helpful to have a whole, you know, one group of shows devoted to all the different beers so you can get you know sort of a sample of what type of beers there are out there
0: yeah we're going to start those next week and hopefully it's early enough i know a lot of these beers sell out right away and well four weeks from next week it's going to be the whole month of december so actually it's going to be finishing up a little bit late but we didn't want to start too early we need to get in the mood too you yeah know, so <laughs> it's a festive holiday time
1: Nick wrote that the one of the things he forgot to mention in one of his earlier emails uh, to us is that We Heavy is a great beer that he used to get his wife into beer. Like, we talked about Trappist beers. Well, he says We Heavy. She doesn't li- Apparently, she doesn't like beer, but she'll drink We Heavy because it's sweet and malty again.
0: Yeah, it's the so bitterness. far, to so, yeah. the one edge of the beer spectrum, it's all sweet and malty, and I can see that would be a good gateway drug or beer. Yeah. I <laughs> well, I guess
1: you could consider alcohol a drug. It's more of a poison. Uh <laughs> And he says he's using that as his, like he says right here, gateway drug. And it seems to be working so that, even, like I say, I think, and I think Lou Bryson's right on this, that if you want to get people on the beer, head for the malty stuff. Don't give them hop devil. Don't give them, don't give them hop, hop, uh, wallop. hop wallop. Because, well, I tried some <laughs> of that and I love it, but man,
0: that's hoppy stuff. Don't, don't go for that. Go for something malty. Todd left us a comment on our website I thoroughly enjoy your show. I found it via Podcast Sally. Keep up the good work. Have you considered partnering with a distributor to send out six-packs via UPS for (laughs) each week's show? I'd like to follow and taste along. Unfortunately, I can't always locate your featured beers. Now, my first opinion would be, that sounds very expensive for you. If you looked at prices for Beer of the Month clubs, that's one six-pack a month, and it's like 30 bucks a month or something like that. After we bashed down the idea, if someone knows somebody or if someone works at Liquid Solutions or BevMo or one of those other sites and, and likes this idea and wants to work with us, let us know. Yeah. But it sounds like a lot of work, a lot of overhead, and it sounds like it's going to be very expensive for the, NG, for the listener. Chris sent us an email just the other day and asked us about classware. He had a question about head retention with the glasses. Mm. He has this one glass that he likes to call the God glass, which retains head better than any of the other ones he has. And they're all the same style. I think he's talking about just plain, plain old pint glasses like right. they're using tonight. And just this one glass, if they're all clean the same way and, you know, with no dish detergent or anything, the one works better. And he had a th- he was wondering if we knew why. And to be honest... Not really sure why. I can tell you why different kinds of glasses hold the yeah. head differently. The the ones that are cupped in, they make for a taller head that hangs around. The, the tall, skinny ones, the same kind of thing. But for the same shape of glass, how they behave differently, I couldn't tell you. He has a theory where that glass is a little bit more worn than the other ones, I think, mm-hmm. after repeated dishwashings, And he thinks maybe that the inside of the glass is a little bit scratched or etched. And it I, might be holding on to the beer, a little, the head a little bit more? I think you may be
1: on to something. Bubbles in your beer, uh, when they come out from a glass, they come out from little micro scratches called nucleation points. It could be that the more nucleation points you have, the better it, it retains head. On okay. Glass.
0: I never knew about the nucleation so points. There you go. Wow, thank you. You're, You're welcome. welcome. That that I, I'm just making a guess here. That it could be a good reason why. Oh, it made sense to me. He uh he said a little bit about how there's a certain kind of wine glasses uh, called a Riedel glass, Riedel glass. And he remembers that they have scratches, so the wine clings to the edges of the glass to help expose more of the wine to air, so it can breathe better, hmm. help with aroma. Andrew from Arizona
1: wrote us to thank us for opening his eyes to a whole new world of beer. We if, turned him into a hop head, apparently. We, we, we're happy to, to, to help you out. Uh, he's been a fan of craft beer for years, uh, but he stayed away from hoppy beers like IPAs. I guess he, had, he said he thinks he had one bad experience with IPAs or something in his past. But then he tried some some of the paleos that we've been talking about, uh, like Stone, which is his most readily available, and he says they're really growing on him. So welcome to the hop head. Welcome to the bitterness side of things. It starts with malt goes over to bitter
0: that's it for email if you would like to send us an email you can send it to us at beer at com, or you can of course call us or send us a voice email we'll play those too absolutely let's move on to news short news week this week looks like everyone took off for thanksgiving even though it's not celebrated anywhere but in the country in the united states who knew
1: <laughs> well i guess the news maybe the, the google news took off for thanksgiving too
0: yeah could be BBC News reports on a researcher who is working on quantifying beer goggles. <laughs> yeah, I did read this story. <laughs> the, the factors that go into the formula include not only the amount of alcohol a person has drank, but the drinker's eyesight, distance from the subject, the lighting in the bar, and how smoky the bar is. And what's mm. funny is, the best part, this study was commissioned by Bausch Lam Pure Vision. Yeah, that, that is kind of funny. You know, I, I remember
1: reading this article and, say, and it said that uh, the researcher said that You don't necessarily have to be drunk for this effect to happen It can be based on a whole bunch of different factors And I can totally understand that Because I remember being in a bar once Where there was no lighting The only lighting there during Christmas time Was from Christmas lights Very soft lighting, it made everybody look good (laughs) <laughs> it, I mean, really, because it, it, it you know—it it didn't accentuate wrinkles. It really made everything look smooth face and stuff like oh, that. Okay. It really, really helped kind of bring out the, 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 the glowy parts of people and, and keep all the bad parts aside. Now, I remember thinking, man, you walk outside with somebody and you get to see the real deal. It may be a deal breaker.
0: <laughs> yeah. Bausch, could you imagine the commercial? and Lomb Pure Vision. Don't let beer goggles affect you. Use our contact lenses. Mm, sounds like a good one. Labatt Brewing Company Limited was convicted and fined $250,000 after sales representatives were found to have illegally influenced discount beer prices in Quebec by offering money and free cases to convenience store operators. Now, they sort of, they, they just, they wanted to sell Labatt, so they said, here, free cases. And there's probably some kind of law where you can't give away to influence. It's t-
1: like dumping. It's like the dumping laws for things like steel or uh, computer
0: chips. Could be, yeah. Makes sense. The last email we have is... uh,
1: That's almost like Macromuck.
0: But we have a better Macromuck this Okay, so that had to fall into (laughs) news. The uh, secondary Macromucks always fall into news. We have an event, a Holiday Ale Festival in Portland, Oregon, December 1st, 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. The only beer festival in the Northwest had outdoors in the dark, cold, and often wet month (laughs) of December. I like that. That makes it sound like fun, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, they go on to explain that uh, it's under a tent with heaters... So it's not too bad. It's, I guess uh, it
1: does get pretty cold out there. I mean, I think, you know, you think out there, you think, oh, California. But then you, you're pretty north. You're pretty far north out there in Oregon.
0: You have, well, you have the you have Portland, but you also have the, the heat sink that's the ocean. So it doesn't get as cold as fast as it does inland. I don't live there. I've never been there, so I could be wrong. It could be, you know, balls cold in Oregon. And I just don't yeah. know. Well, but, you, you've been to Seattle, so... In the middle of summer, yeah, okay. <laughs> but anyway, the the beer list looked pretty interesting. They have a list of all the beers, but they had the brewers. It's another good beer festival. This makes me jealous that I'm not in the Pacific Northwest. Mm. But hey, here we are in Pittsburgh, where <laughs> hey, we got plenty of Christmas beers. That's, that's right. right. You want to move on to Macromuck? I do. Okay. Have you seen the new Miller Lite commercial? Which stars Flavor Flav from Public Enemy
1: in a courtroom as an expert witness on flavor. Smart.
0: The uh, Mellow Light, it's a trial, Bud Light's flavor has changed or something like that. Flavor Flav is the expert witness. Right. Mellow Light Brewing Company said rival Anheuser-Busch Incorporated has altered Bud Light in the past year to make it more bitter and bubbly. Now,
1: they said they collected data... That show that Bud Light's bitterness and carbonation rose from last year. But Anheuser-Busch called the claims on their marketing ploy, complained to cable networks that the statements are false. And now 10 of 32 networks contracted around the commercials to put them on hold while they're awaiting substantiation of the claims. Beautiful. <laughs>
0: There's I a couple of networks that keep on playing it, too. Let's see. We have uh, CNN, CNN Headline News, Comedy Central continue to air them. So if you want to see Flavor Flav on a Miller commercial, you can check them out there. That doesn't surprise me. Comedy Central has no ethics.
1: would them The big four networks,
0: ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, they weren't targeted for the buys. So you're not going to see the commercials on there. So it's just cable. Anheuser-Busch said Monday that it has not altered its winning formula. (laughs) Its winning formula. However, the company added, our brewmasters are constantly making small adjustments to address seasonal changes in raw ingredients. Like, we're going to add a little bit more corn this year. Well, no, no. no. What they mean is... The hops yield differently. Yeah. The barley yields differently, so they have to adjust them. They've got to make the same tasting beer all over the country, all right, over the right, world. Yeah. So they, they don't use the same recipe because they need to work from the same outcome. So it, it is a hard job. I think we've talked about this a little bit in the past. Very difficult. The brewbasters yeah. need to hit a target, and they have to adjust for their local environment, their local ingredients to hit that target. Right. So the, the last sentence they're taking out of context might sound like they're altering the recipe, but... They're still hitting the same target, or maybe they did make it more hoppy and bubbly. I don't know.
1: I think all this work for Bud Light?
0: Oh, Bud Light's changed. Oh no, alert flavor, <laughs> Flave. Flav. Hey, it's the biggest selling beer in the world. Yeah.
1: Oh well. On to main show with
0: basically beer, craft beers. You might find it a regular bar. That's a better way to put it than I was going to say. we we'll back in just a few. Okay, we're back, and our first beer is going to be Yingling Traditional Lager. This is a lager that's very widely available in Pennsylvania. It's, ver- it's fairly ri- widely available on the eastern coast, eastern seaboard, eastern part of the country, even inland. I think, I think they sell more beer than Sam Adams does. I think the past couple hmm. of years they actually passed them up. They're like 1.6 million instead of 1.5 or something like Interesting. that.
1: Interesting. They're from close to us, relatively, possible, PA. Uh, it's
0: uh, just outside of Philly, as everyone says everything is near Philly. The DG Yingling and Sons Brewery.
1: It, it, it is spelled Y U E N G L I
0: N G. It is America's oldest brewery, opened in 1829.
1: They've been around for that long, making, I I suppose, this is the original recipe.
0: They might have tweaked it over the years. I don't know. Interesting story. During Prohibition, they uh, survived making near beer and dairy products, malted Hmm. milk and uh, stuff like that, I think. This is unfortunately in a green bottle, and I may detect just a hint of skunkiness there. Uh, I will be honest. I uh, had this beer before in my... uh, younger days uh-huh. never liked it so we'll see how it right. tastes tonight
1: but it doesn't, really, doesn't feel it smell to be overpowered it, it has a
0: good. bit of noble hop aroma to it yeah. it uh I don't know if it really tastes skunky or smells skunky or not Look, um, I'm,
1: I'm trying to, to reach behind that noble with my nose and see if I can smell anything you know, I sort of I half expect a skunkiness
0: to be there because of the green bottle but the uh, style for this beer it's listed as a uh, American amber or red lager which is kind of a catch-all category. Just like amber
1: yeah. ales are sort of a catch-all for a bunch of different types of... Uh,
0: These lagers boast a bit more malt backbone and overall character than their lighter sister styles. Bitterness is generally low. And
1: you can see, you know, it doesn't it doesn't pour like a yellow lager beer. I mean, it, it's a tan color. A lighter tan, but it's still tan. Very clear. Uh, with a very small head. Well, you got a larger head. But yeah,
0: you I have head. a big fluffy head, so we have a... Different slight difference, slight difference there. But. It is very, very clear. It's sparkly, clear, brilliantly clear, I would say. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would call it a amber to orange color. That's
1: good. I always use tan as a catch-all, but amber to orange sounds good. It has sort of an almost a, a, a slippery, watery feel to it. A little bit of malt hitting you in the front of your tongue but for the most part. That really fades away. A little bit of malt is there. Not a lot of bitterness from the hops. really don't hardly detect the hops at all.
0: There, there's a slight amount, but no, it's certainly a malty. It has um, a little bit of that um, a noble hop twang, I think, that mm-hmm. we've discussed in the past. We not think, much. Not much. A little bit, though. Not as bad as I remember in this yeah. beer, but it has a little bit. Uh, overall, it's it's a fairly clean taste, but mm-hmm. that that aftertaste, the, you know, everyone's like, you know, lagers that don't have aftertaste, they're clean. I think the, I always find that these lagers have the worst aftertaste to me. It's just something I just don't appreciate at all. I don't find the
1: aftertaste to be that bad, to be honest with you. I think this is, it's a little, little thin to me, which, you know, I, I like sort of a beer that has a thicker mouthfeel to it. But, no, the aftertaste isn't really great on me that much. It's, it's, it's sort of a malt- maltiness, slight bitterness, but not much there. It's kind of lingering, like, say, in the front of your tongue. Whereas most of the ales we taste, we always talk about the back of your tongue getting a lot of taste. Mm-hmm. This is much more front of your tongue. certainly
0: taste. is. It, to be honest, this is better than I remember it being. I haven't had this since I've been yeah. able to describe <laughs> what I've been tasting. That's obvious, but and maybe it's not really an aftertaste but it's the end of the taste I don't care for Mm. that much it doesn't quite go all the way to aftertaste but it's certainly the end of the taste it has a little bit of something I don't care for it um it is a thin bodied relatively speaking thin what we're used to drinking it's a thin bodied beer compared to Bud Light it's probably Probably not. and thick so
1: (laughs) this is a beer that I actually like to go with bars that that I go to with friends or something that do not have a good selection around here they always will have yingling You you can bet on it which is very nice because this is a, this is better than getting a Budweiser or something like that. You can at least get something that has a, a slight amount of craft to it. And this, is, you know, this is not it's not a bad beer. I don't I don't think it's a bad beer at all. It's not usually what I have in mind when I want to drink a beer. No, I, I'm usually go for more of a, a full bodied
0: beer. Oh, I'm a little less enthusiastic than you. It, it does not taste horribly bad to me. But I am also not enjoying it. I would rather drink a glass of water than, than order than pay for a glass of this.
1: (laughs) Hey, you're at the Steelers game. What are you gonna do?
0: Drink a glass of water. I might surprise a lot of listeners, but yeah, I I enjoy my good beers, but I don't need to have a beer every occasion. Mm -hmm. And you know, when I'm confronted with this is the best option, I generally pass. And even after trying it today, objectively, and trying to find what I like in it. It's just not doing it for me, and I'd rather not drink a beer than. I mean, that doesn't sound right. How can I put it? It's just, it just. It just doesn't do it for you, and right. there's,
1: there's nothing wrong with that. I always say the important thing with beer, with I say, I say this about food a lot when I explain about different foods that I like to try, because I love trying all these different foods. I always say the important thing to do is try something, just try it. You may not mm-hmm. like it, but give it a shot. Because if you're just going to refuse it based on, you know, ooh, sushi, raw fish, no way. Give it a shot. Right. Maybe you'll actually like it. He tried it. That's what's important. If you didn't like it, you didn't like it. Let's do the Sam Adams next. Okay. This is uh, Sam Adams Boston Lager, the most available Samuel Adams beer you'll be able to find. Probably the most available craft beer you'll find. Right. It is a Vienna Lager, with about 4.75% alcohol. Available, of course, year-round from Boston Beer Company. This is our first Samuel Adams beer. So we're starting with the big one. They started in 1984, and they have an annual production of 1.2 million barrels. Available, of course, nationwide. Now, it's a Vienna Lager. How does that differ from, say, the Red Lager?
0: I find that the the Vienna Lager is is pretty malty. It's kind of like an Oktoberfest style. Somewhere along there. It's not too different from Merit Center on October phase. So you don't notice hops in there? Or you're sp- it, it's it's not as hoppy as the the one we just had, the yingling. It's
1: not as hoppy as the Then That the really didn't detect much in the way of hops there. Well, you
0: had the aroma. You had a little mm-hmm. bit of balancing bitterness. We'll see if I'm right, if I remember correctly or not. I don't think so,
1: judging by the smell of this. Because right away, <laughs> Jeff got some on his nose.
0: <laughs> right away, the first thing I detect is, is hops. You're getting a pretty decent hop smell from it. Right. See, I'm not tasting hops. I'm tasting more of a toasty, mal- malty type of Well, you're aroma. not tasting yet. Yes, I'm, I'm smelling. My nose is tasting.
1: <laughs> Since I got a... now, now I'm detecting more of the maltiness, but I definitely, definitely detect the hops there.
0: Okay, so for this one, it's uh, it's just about the same color as the yingling. Mm-hmm. Maybe a touch lighter. Almost it is, looks clearer, if that's possible. <laughs> it is brilliant, brilliantly clear, too. But your glass just must not hold head. Yeah, I guess not. I must have the god glass today. I don't have
1: the nucleation points, and you do.
0: Oh, well. Yeah, to me, that tastes malty. That's not too different from an Mm Oktoberfest.
1: Yeah, you're right. There's a little bit of bitterness at the end.
0: Wow, that tasted good. Yeah. We always get in these modes when we taste these beers one after another that they all start tasting good, especially when we're doing the same style what did you call it today? You called it the... Uh, uh, <laughs> I forget what I called it in, in, in the instant message, but
1: it was the, uh, the 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 law of same beer tasting, I think. <laughs> <the thing. laughs> A law of same style tasting, which is that as you taste more of the same style, you start to appreciate more and really get the different flavors. You, you, whereas you
0: tune into the style. Yeah. kind of. I'm going to have to go back and erase every time I might have been kind of negative to the same Adams. Got nice bitterness at the end. It's really, unlike the yingli, which is on your front of
1: your tongue, this one is, is the back of your tongue. It's getting, it's a thicker mouthfeel, a little bit creamier.
0: The other thing I say, the toastiness that I'm getting out of it, it tastes a little weird, a little burnt almost. It's very subtle, it's very light. It's it's like a. No,
1: I, I taste what you're getting. I don't know what, I think that's what they're going for, sort of a, I don't know, a real dark maltiness.
0: It's, it's To me, it tastes toasty, but it's like a touch chard or something like that. It's just. Hmm. Significant difference from the England. A lot maltier, a lot fuller. It's creamy. I, You know what? I'd like to compare this to the Sam Adams Oktoberfest. Hmm. Just see how they change. I had the Sam Ad- I mentioned this in the pre-show, I think, one of the shows ago. I had the Sam Adams Oktoberfest, and it really surprised me. Mostly because I'm not a huge fan of the Oktoberfest, but we found a couple we liked, and they tasted better because of the law of the same style yeah. tasting. And I had that one, and I wasn't expecting it to be anywhere in the ballpark of the Spaten, the Hacker Shore... It was in the ballpark, so it was pretty good. Really, the
1: maltese is just sort of spreading around nicely, coating your mouth with different flavors, but finishing pretty clean, remarkably clean, really, for the kind of flavors that are coming through here.
0: What I'd have to say, the moral of this story for me, and to pass on to all of you, would be, as your palate changes, go back and review beers you used to not care for. Yeah. Because, I mean, I had this quite a few times when I was first getting into craft beer, They didn't have Guinness. I would try Sam Adams. I tried it a couple times, and I didn't really like it. Yeah. And now, that tastes pretty darn good. If you really want to prepare yourself, have a Yingling first, then have a Sam Adams, and you'll really appreciate
1: it. You'll know exactly what we're tasting. (laughs) Because I think sometimes you may have been going to a bar hoping to get some sort of great, flavorful ale. It didn't have anything. So you went for a Sam Adams. And it disappointed you because your tongue is expecting to get this really... Big, you know, hoppiness or something like that Which you and I are both hopheads mm-hmm. When you get this And it's just, it doesn't doesn't thrill your tongue Until you're like, eh, no thank you But if you try it on its own On its own merits, it has a lot of merit
0: So now I'm gonna have to Make sure I don't make any uh, Unthought out Remarks about any brewer Because uh, last week you got yelled at By one of our emailers talking about how we've Dumped on uh, Sierra Nevada Mm-hmm being extra surprised about certain beers because we kind of, dis- it seems like people thought we were discounting brewers inversely proportionate to their size or something like that.
1: And I I, and I would have to say we probably are guilty. We probably were, yeah. This show is, is as much an eye-opener for us as, as it is for anybody else.
0: I'm going to have to write Jim Cook an email and say, <laughs> I'm sorry for not respecting your beer. Hmm.
1: And I'm trying, you know, I tried some of their seasonals, too, and their seasonals are pretty good. Like I say, the first craft beer that I ever tried, that I ever really enjoyed, was when they did a, uh, a wheat, a, um, a Belgian white.
0: Okay. We have a couple of Sam Adams coming up. We got the old Fezziweg. We got their Winter Porter, which mm-hmm. I think is a new seasonal one they put out. And also today I picked up a bomber of the Imperial Pilsner. Yeah, it looks good. Came with a little tag around the neck telling you about Jim Cook going to Germany and picking out some Hallertau hop. So, Sam Adams, we disrespect you no more. Absolutely. That was that was a surprise. I wasn't expecting it to taste that good.
1: On to uh, our next and last lager of the evening, which is the imported Negra Modelo, a dark lager from Mexico. It is a Vienna lager as well. Interesting. It's like a... Uh... Like a a Schwarz beer.
0: It uh, says dark beer here, but it, it's categorized as a Vienna lager, so it might look just like the Sam Adams. I'm not sure. We'll I am not an expert of uh, imported Mexican beers, so I don't know if this one's a good one, or if Dos Equis is the good one, or if um, Bohemia is the good one. So we'll
1: find out. At least the uh, at least the water's boiled. Yeah, it looks it looks very similar to Sam Adams. A little darker, I'd say. Yeah, definitely darker. It looks more like an iced tea. In terms of its uh it its look, sort of a very dark orange with red highlights.
0: Um did you happen to catch the um the brewing modern marvels on History Channel no, two I weeks ago? Well, we put a post up on our website the day before it happened when I learned about it and some of you saw it. It was pr- it was really good. It was interesting. Um in contrast to the history of brewing or the history of our American brewing or something where it was ninety percent Bud Miller and Coors in like six minutes microbrewing at the end, uh-huh. this one was very even handed had a lot of um, talk with uh, Sam Gioni from uh, Dogfish Head and small ones, and it was a very good one, but they mentioned that a lot of uh, brewers from the bohemian uh, portions of uh, uh, Germany, uh, and that's not Bavaria because I think Bohemia is a different segment. Mm-hmm. But they settled in Mexico, and that's where Docekes and Negro Modelo and these other darker beers came from. The Germans actually settled in Mexico.
1: This is our first Mexican beer, so it, it, it's so it that it, it fits, I guess. Interesting uh, aroma I'm getting here. I'm trying to figure out what that is. It's it's a it's a different type of malt than I've smelled before.
0: It's multi. It's a little bready, but I mean, it's not super bready smelling. I can
1: smell the alcohol on this. That's what it is.
0: Can okay. you? Yeah, a, I'm not picking that up.
1: And I can smell what smells like the alcohol in here. Is there... they mention how much alcohol is in here? I'm sure it's not a lot. But for some reason, I can actually smell it.
0: I'm not smelling it, and I'm not really tasting it either. It has a... A good toasty flavor to it. It's um, a little more toasty than the Sam Adams. And the toastiness isn't quite as weird as it was in the Sam Adams for me. It's more normal. It's and, more sugary. Yeah. A little caramelization maybe. Mm-hmm. Or, it's
1: a little bit, I guess, I would say maybe... I always want to say a, a brighter
0: flavor compared to the Sam Adams. It almost tastes slightly sour. Yeah, the maltiness isn't quite as... Full isn't quite as sweet, isn't as clean. It's um, finishes drier, mm-hmm. leaves you
1: with a little bit of an aftertaste,
0: a little more dry, now yeah, chalky, like a little bit of bitterness type aftertaste.
1: Yeah. I like chalky, it's a very good way of describing this because it doesn't quite
0: taste, I guess, maybe as, as creamy as the Sam Adams did. It's a pretty good beer from Mexico. Better than I would have expected, yeah, I've had Dos Equis a long time ago. It's one of those beers I need to retry, just like the Sam Adams. I don't think I need to retry Corona. I'm pretty sure I know how that tastes. yeah, they stick a lime in it, it's and okay. then there's Pacifico and then Bohemia, so we'll see how those
1: I do remember I used to go to the beach um Cape Cod every year. My sister got a place down there, and um shouldn't she shouldn't have it anymore, but she used to get it every year. And we used to get a lot of Corona there and pop the limes in there. You don't really taste anything, but you know, sort of a lime water with carbonation. Yeah, this is not a bad beer at all. This is sweet, a slightly different texture than the other beers. Uh, I still think the Sam Adams is, is is number one in my book in terms of the lager here.
0: Yeah, if I'm at a a bar that normally doesn't have craft beer and has Sam Adams, that's going to be the way to go for these. Let's not make our judgment. We need to have one. Need to have well, one. Well, no, I'm, not,
1: I'm saying in terms of the loggers. The next yeah. we are having is, is um, oh, we'll say right now Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. So you, well, you, there's a
0: little story behind this. We were going to do Anchor Steam, right? And Greg stopped by the one place or the the, the Creek House right on the way home, and uh, he ordered, you know, Anchor Steam. They threw it in a bag and gave it to him. Comes up here, he's all holding the beer up in the air, victorious. Yeah. He pulls it out. And it's a uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Anchors. Our special ale.
1: <laughs> so unfortunately, we didn't get the anchor. Christine.
0: But on the bright side, we
1: have one more Christmas beer to try out. That's true. It just adds to our whole winter list. Our four episode, or our eight episode, um, eight episode omnibus. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how long it gets.
0: Or magnum opus, if you will. Right. So uh, Sierra Nevada Palo, you are our redhead stepchild for tonight. It's um The unplanned beer. But the reason why I put it last is because as a pale ale it's going to bring
1: that bitterness, it's going to probably affect the way we taste in the other beer. It's going
0: to taste very hoppy compared to the other beers we've had so far.
1: Absolutely. With all these beers, you didn't really detect much hoppiness. I mean, the most hoppiness we detected, like you said, was in the Yangling. Uh, and also
0: much flavor. It was bitterness. Yeah. And uh, a little aroma. I guess there was a little taste of hops in the end there. A little noble hop. But the other ones were... I think, as Vienna Lager should be, nice and malty. Mm-hmm. Bitterness, but n- little no-hop flavor.
1: I think that, that's the right way to put it. Unfortunately, we don't have uh, stat sheets on either Sierra Nevada or, Nie- or Negro Modelo.
0: So we're a little slim on the fact sheets here tonight. Sorry for that about that, guys. They were last-minute beers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and here, Jeff is pouring the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, which I'm sure many of our listeners have had before. It's fairly widely available.
0: It's a bottle-conditioned pale ale from Chico,
1: California. It is bottle-conditioned, huh? Yeah, look at that. The reason why I was, I was kind of curious is because I, I've seen something that kind of looks like slide before it's been foam. Oh, like okay. One time I said, it's bottle-conditioned. You looked at it and
0: you're like, no, it's not. <laughs> well, we're kind of confused about this whole bottle-conditioning thing. Yeah, this is a good We've good noticed good recently the Dogfish Head 60-Minute 60 60 minute IPA says so right on the bottle, bottle-conditioned ale from Delaware or whatever. There's no sediment in the bottle. Greg just bought a bottle of this year's Victory Hop Wallop. Case of it, yeah. Case of it. And on the case, it says bottle-conditioned ale, which was... I have a 2003 version of the hop-wallop, and they've all been bottle-conditioned. Greg claims that there's no sediment at the bottom of the bottles. Didn't see a single bit. So we're a little confused about this phenomenon of um, bottle-conditioned beers with no sediment. So if anyone has any insight, let us know. That seems to
1: have some sediment in it, so yeah, I mean, that's bottle-conditioned. Right on So what
0: do you think About the aroma for this
1: Well it's hoppy uh, with, 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 a, with a lot of malt Mixed in
0: yeah. Does the aroma Smell fresh to you Or does it smell A little bit stale I, I see where you're going I haven't tasted it yet It might still taste great But it just seems The aroma tastes A little bit uh, It's not really skunky But it's not as fresh As it should smell Yeah a little, Maybe a little bit Cardboardy I don't know Certainly, hoppy taste to it. It's uh, a lot hoppier than the other beers we had tonight, but as it should be. Hmm. I don't want to judge it. I don't want to say it's oxidized yet. I'm not sure, but it might be. I think it is.
1: Well, that second that second taste was a little bit better. Um, flares the side of your tongue with uh, with bitterness. Hoppiness comes really in the back of your tongue, where you get some uh, a little bit of. Uh, I'm not really sure the hops here. I'm trying to detect it's a it. Cascade Centennial, I believe. It, yeah, it tastes more Centennial than Cascade. Um, bitterness kind of kind of lingers, sort of a band from either side of your tongue, right around the cent right down the center. Maltiness hits the roof of your mouth, stays there a little bit, but it's mostly that bitterness that's that's remaining from behind.
0: Yeah, you know, there's no legible date on the bottle so I don't know how old it is we could use this code on the bottom and maybe figure it out but not legible like best buy or bottled on <laughs> um so i'm not sure how old it is if it is oxidized or i don't think it's really light struck i'm not really picking up any kind of skunky flavor to no it. no neither am I. yeah i think it is oxidized though it's just not really cardboard but maybe a slight just just not tasting really fresh. It's tasting a little... Yeah, uh, tastes a little... uh, A little blandish, a little... And you'd think that the the yeast would do a good job, since it
1: is bottle condition. The yeast would do a good job of maintaining it.
0: I guess it's a sign of an older beer with yeast or without yeast, but the yeast could help delay it a little bit. But if it was stored poorly, then the yeast isn't going to be able to save it completely. We had a question, when are you going to homebrew again? That's a very good question. And to be honest, I am a slacker for a couple reasons. A, because of the show, spending a lot of time prepping for the show. B, which is the main, I guess, another very good reason is I have my brewing equipment up in the attic with pull-down stairs and everything. Uh It's a real pain to set up for brew day. But I was thinking, wouldn't it be a great extra to do a sort of extra show,
1: kind of chronicling the arboring process?
0: I actually thought of that, and we'll probably do that. Um, I am getting itchy. I haven't brewed in a long time, and I need to get back into it. So I think it's worth pulling this stuff out of the attic. And I think we will do an extra. We'll uh, hook up the iRiver, and we'll record a brew day.
1: What do you want to make? You know it
0: would be a great idea.
1: Involve our listeners in a bit. Maybe have a poll on the website with a couple different styles. Or, what style you know
0: what would know be even cooler? Make a recipe along with the same recipe along with some users, listeners and maybe trade or something.
1: Hmm. Couple different options. I uh, like it. Oh, you know what? We should evaluate uh, some listeners who want to give us some suggestions. Please email us. We'll see what comes through, and we'll uh, post some suggestions up for beers and/or
0: ideas for how we can share this experience with you guys. That'd be cool. I think if we all do the same recipe and swap beers or something.
1: Yeah. See how it came out. It would be pretty cool.
0: Since ninety percent of our listeners homebrew. <laughs> A lot of them do, yeah. <laughs> Maybe we can do something with uh, James from Basic Brewing. Oh, have you? You you don't listen to many podcasts, but uh, the second edition of the Pacific Brew News came out. The one the guys from California. Okay. And uh, it was it was a pretty good show. Good info. Uh, Rick, keep up the good work there. And they talked about us a lot. They actually uh, kind of invited us to go on a Northern California beer tour with them. Oh, really? So we'll see. Um, like I said, I'm my my wildest dreams are fulfilled when I get enough money doing the show to right. go to the Great American Beer Festival. If we can also have other trips to Northern California, then you know I'll be on uh, in on cloud nine. I guess that'd be great too. It, it's getting that time
1: of the show and we do our rankings. And so, Jeff, should I go first? Sure, I went first last week. Okay. You can go. I think a number one has to be the Sam Adams. This is the one that really impressed me the most. That really, you know, gave me a new. I mean, I, I was ready already to say, Sam Adams. We need to give a fresh look at these guys because I've, you know, I, I haven't talked to their owner, but I've seen their owner live at uh, Beer Fest. I know he's committed
0: to to doing good craft beer. Now, the biggest knock about Jim Cook is his bill of rights of craft yeah, beer. Yeah, beer must be served in a bottle, not in a can. Which you know, I understand where that idea comes. from. He needs from. an amendment. Yeah.
1: Well, but, but but it's also a hard idea to get across. I mean, basically, what he I think he recognizes to a point that people are going to drink his beer out of the bottle, and so if you're going to drink it out of a bottle or out of a can, you want to drink it out of a bottle instead of out of a can. But you ultimately want to pour your your beer into a glass, right? If you're going to do that, it doesn't matter.
0: Oh, I see what you're saying. So, actually, from the bottle to your mouth, and from the can to your mouth, I see. Yes, you're right. Bottle is better. But using a glass as your intermediate delivery vehicle is always best. Yes. Absolutely. So, I put sand items in front. Uh, Second...
1: Hmm. Here's a little tough choice. Um... I guess it's not that tough. I go with Sierra Nevada. Okay. Sierra Nevada second. Third, I'm gonna have to go with the Negra. Um I guess the reason why I picked Sierra Nevada in front of Negra is just because it's a little more hoppy and you know I tend to like the hoppy stuff more. Sure. Uh so I will go for that. I'll go for the little extra bitterness, a little more complex flavors. Negra was not bad at all. Something to look to look to if you can find that. It is not model conditioned, but I thought I saw something no, right there. But it's not it was
0: there. it was brilliantly clear
1: remember? Yeah. And uh, last, unfortunately, is Yingling. But again, I didn't dislike it as much as Jeff did. Uh, I felt that it was
0: good for if if that's your only option, go for it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was not as bad as I remembered or I thought it would be. But again, it was not something that I would choose to drink at a bar. As for the Negra in the Pale Ale, as in being three and two, it's very tough. If the Sierra Nevada was fresh and tasting at its best, I would keep it the way you did. The way they were tasting tonight, I am contemplating switching the two. Hey, don't don't just contemplate it, do it. Oh, I'm not sure if I want to or not. They were very close, Mm -hmm. you know, choosing... This that It's comparing an apple to an orange. It's comparing... So I'm not sure. It's just a ranking, Jeff. It's not a life or death decision. I know, but I want people to know what I'm thinking. (laughs) And then the Sam Adams tonight is the number one beer of the night. It was... It tasted fresh. It tasted good. It was malty and, again, fresh. You know, when you get these beers out of bottles, especially the bigger ones, you never know how long they've been hanging around. You never know if they're in good shape, and that Sam Adams tasted really good tonight. I
1: mean, the thing is, the same is if you had a couple hoppy beers and then you know a, a porter and a stout, you don't want to get a Sam Adams after that. It's not going to taste good. It's not going to have the same depth. So you're not, you're just not going to enjoy it. If you're just starting out and you're ready, like you know, hey, give me a Sam Adams if the beer.
0: Or if you're eating at
1: Applebee's
0: and your yeah. choice is Molson or Sam Adams,
1: get a Sam Adams. Exactly. You, you, you won't go wrong with it. You really won't. I mean, we we really did like it tonight.
0: All right. Well, I think that is it for this week. Next week is going to be the beginning of the Journey of a Lifetime with our (laughs) winter seasonal ales. I I will uh, stay tuned on the website if you want to try to figure out which ones we're doing next week. I'll probably rearrange them a little bit. I'm not sure, but just check out there.
1: And I look forward to going on this journey with all of you.
0: Oh, that was pretty corny. (laughs) We'll see you next week, guys. Thanks (laughs) for listening. that's all for craft beer radio if you have any questions or comments email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com and feel free to send us an audio comment in mp3 our intro and closing music is "Lameface" by feeble wiener you can find a link to feeble wiener on our website craft beer radio is released under the creative commons license check out craftbeerradio.com for more information